Good morning, peasants. What you're seeing on the screen right next to me is a three-round NFL mock draft done by Chad Reuter of NFL.com. Not a fantasy guy, an actual NFL guy, a mock draft guy, and these are only the skill players. We made this nice little chart for you so that we don't have to look through all the defensive players and whatnot. And in yesterday's video, myself, Adam, and Andrew sat down, and based on this three-round mock draft, we did a first-round rookie dynasty mock draft so we took the real landing spots from chad Reuter's three round nfl mock draft and we each did our own individual 12 picks our first 12 picks of a rookie mock draft based on this one so today i'm going to individually continue that into the second round and give you picks 201 through 212 we will quickly recap my picks 101 through 112 not to go in depth if you want more analysis on the individual players etc us yapping at each other Go back to yesterday's video and make sure you subscribe because on Thursday's video, we are actually going to be placing the top 12 picks into where we think they'll be drafted in dynasty startup drafts. So a real startup draft with every player involved where these actual rookies based on these landing spots are going to go in those drafts. All right, so let's recap my 101 through 112. Y'all know what we got to do first. Y'all know what we got to do first. Tuck it. Real quick, this will be the last video that goes on the Redraft channel. So if you're watching this on the BDG Fantasy Football channel that has like 117,000 subs, this will be the very last Dynasty video that goes on the channel. So make sure you are subscribed to the Dynasty channel because everything Dynasty related going forward, five videos a week is only going up over there. Same thing with the podcast feed, which we have up for the Dynasty channel as well. Just search BDGE Dynasty Fantasy Football. That link will be down below as well you should have no problem trying to find it if you do have problems just drop it in the comment section but this is the last video going up here so if you want to keep watching dynasty stuff please go subscribe over there so if we look at the draft from chad Bruder, basically we have the three quarterbacks going within the top four picks we got marv off at number three caleb goes to chicago Jaden daniels goes to washington Drake may actually goes to denver because denver traded up now you'll see chicago back at three as well because New England actually dealt this pick to Chicago and Justin Fields went over to New England. I don't remember the exact trade. I don't think it was a 103 for Justin Fields swap. I think other pieces were involved, but that's how this ended up. Listen, there are going to be a million mock drafts done between now and when the actual NFL draft comes. So yeah, m maybe some of these are fucking crazy. Maybe these picks are unrealistic, but you need to get angles from all over the place because the NFL draft is fucking nuts. Like anything can happen on NFL draft night, including shit like this. I mean, we literally saw Houston trade up to have the two and three pick last year. So something like Chicago doing this with all the capital that they have over the next couple of years, not crazy, not crazy. All right. So we had the first three quarterbacks. Then we see JJ McCarthy go off at pick number 13 to the Raiders. We had a lot of wide receivers go in the first round. We had five of them, Marv at three, Malik all the way down at 12 to Arizona, juicy landing spot. Rome at 14 to New Orleans, Brian Thomas, the field stretcher to Jacksonville at 17, and Keon Coleman to Kansas City at 25. We had no running backs in the first round, but we had four running backs go off the board in the second round of this NFL mock. We got Blake Corum at 34 to New England, Jonathan Brooks to New York at 39, Jalen Wright, Braylon Allen, and then there's some other running backs that go in the third round. But I think this isn't too far off from what we'll see in the real world. I don't know if Jatavian Sanders will actually go in the first round. I don't know if four running backs are going to go in the second round. I don't even know if we're going to see two uh, running backs go within the first two rounds. I, I don't know. I don't know. We don't know. No one knows. All right? Let's just fucking get into this thing.
So based on that real mock draft, here's how my first 12 picks go. Again, I'm not going to break down the players. If you want that, go to yesterday's video on the channel. I'm going through 201 to 212 today. Caleb Williams was my 101 going to Chicago at 101. Marvin Harrison was my 102 going to Chicago at the third pick. And this is Superflex tight end premium. Jaden Daniels, who goes to Washington, was my 103. He was picked second overall. Drake May was my 104, also picked fourth in the draft, goes to Denver. Malik Neighbors was my 105. He goes to Arizona at pick 12. J.J. McCarthy was my 106. He goes to Las Vegas at 113. Roma Dunze was my 107. He goes to New Orleans at the 14th pick. Brock Bowers goes fifth overall to the Chargers. He was my 108. Keon Coleman goes 25th to the Kansas City Chiefs. He was my 109. Brian Thomas, who goes 17th to Jacksonville. He was my 110. Bo Nix, who was the first pick of the second round to Minnesota, was my 111. And then Jonathan Brooks, my favorite running back in this class, goes to the New York Giants, the 39th overall pick. And he is my 112 to wrap up the first round. So starting off the second round, A.D. Mitchell, Adonai Mitchell out of Texas is my 201. He went to Washington, the 40th overall pick. So we're talking about early second round capital. Now, this guy's kind of been all over the place in terms of what I've seen from people on Twitter. This is a dude that I, I really down in my fucking heart believe that the analytical community is just going to overlook this dude because his numbers aren't there. But when I watch the film on this dude, his shake and bake is real. He is a long, he is a big player like every fucking wide receiver in this class pretty much I thought his route running was top notch and I was like listen I'm looking at the numbers which you could see on the screen and they're not fantastic they don't blow you away whatsoever he does not drop the ball but he's really good inside the red zone really good in tight spaces again I think his route running is amongst the best in the class and I think a lot of the reason why his numbers statistically weren't up with the elites is because Texas's style of offense if you look at what they did if you, I watched five games of this player and I watched Xavier Worthy play as well so I'm looking at how this offense runs and they're just asking him over and over to run these deep shot routes Xavier Worthy 4-3 speed deep shot route A.D. Mitchell fast big run these fucking huge routes and just dump everything off underneath like running back dump off running back dump off tight end dump off like slot receiver just going over the middle it was not designed to have high volume possession receivers in this offense like ad mitchell who i think translates with his skill set way better at the next level i love this dude and when i filmed with brett coleman Last week, if you missed that, me, Mason of Flock Fantasy and um, Brett Coleman sat down and looked at the top 10 wide receivers in this class and comped them to NFL players. Now, Brett might have been off the sauce a little bit because on Twitter, he tweeted out he loves A.D. Mitchell, which was fucking music to my ears because he's my wide receiver four in this class just on raw data. Obviously, if the draft capital works out where like there's five first round wide receivers and A.D. Mitchell's in the second round, he won't be my wide receiver four in fantasy because draft capital matters. But just pure looking at the tape and everything. A.D. Mitchell is my wide receiver for Brett said the same thing. And then Brett, again, might have been off the sauce, could have been off the henny, could have just been happy on life. Brett's a good guy. He's typically happy. He comped A.D. Mitchell to C.D. Lamb. I'm just saying. A.D. Mitchell, I he is the tier gap between him and Xavier Worthy for me is massive. I am not a huge fan of Xavier Worthy. He gets real draft capital, as we'll see later on in this draft or later on in the second round. So, like, I'm not going to completely ignore him because I've been wrong very few times, but I have been wrong before. So, so he's my 201. My 202 is Michael Penix Jr. 
the quarterback out of Washington, which most of y'all probably know at this point. He goes 50th overall, so mid-second round to the Seattle Seahawks, who will likely be rolling out Geno for another year given his contract. So Michael Penix, I kind of I like the idea that he might sit for a year before he gets in there. Now, second-round quarterbacks, you might think, like, this is not good capital. This is not good process. But if you look back at yesterday's video, and I kind of went a little bit more in-depth with second-round quarterbacks i'm looking at not just second round quarterbacks just their hit rate like how good are they actually but second round quarterbacks in terms of like dynasty fantasy football right because a lot of these players you just kind of treat them as if we're in a stock market and they have a big game we can sell them or they they see their their value peak and then you can get rid of them and that typically happens like not every second round quarterback ends up being really good but a lot of them see value spikes that are crazy so i went back through keep trade cuts history of second round quarterbacks now let me just lay out the second round qbs over the last 10 years these are just all nfl draft second round quarterbacks over the last 10 years we have will levis we have kyle trask who was the last pick of the second round so pretty much a third round pick but jalen hurts drew lock deshaun kaiser christian hackenberg Derek carr jimmy g geno smith so just right out the gate like kyle trask obviously nothing for you Deshaun Kaiser he, I mean he had a, a rookie year where he was like terrible as a real quarterback but he had like 550 rushing yards I think with a bunch of rushing touchdowns so his value was probably like all right Christian Hackenberg obviously a dip but we don't have any data on Kaiser or Christian Hackenberg because keep trade cut was later on Will Levis peaked at quarterback 15 last year at some point Jalen Hurts at quarterback one Drew Locke peaked at quarterback 12 his value at, at one point was quarterback 12 and then you have of course Derek Carr Jimmy G Geno Smith if you were picking in dynasty drafts back then when those guys were rookies they were likely second third fourth round picks in your rookie drafts because we're a lot sharper to the quarterback movement now especially with like Superflex being the predominant type of league in dynasty fantasy football but those guys probably dropped back then and I'm just saying like Drew Locke got up to QB 12 was he ever worth QB12? Was he putting you up QB12 fantasy numbers? No. But the point being is that when a team drafts a player, could be a quarterback, could be any fucking player, in the second round, they're drafting him with the expectation that he will get on the field within the next year, two years. And what happens in a super flex dynasty league is anytime a player gets on the field, as a quarterback, the value spikes up. Of course, if you have a Will Levis type game where your first game is four touchdown passes, of course your value is going to shoot up. But his value pretty much stayed cement between like QB 15 and 18 all last year. So if you wanted to flip him after that, my point is if you can play unemotionally, you draft a second round quarterback, as soon as he gets onto the field, his value is going to spike up. If he has a good game, it's going to spike really high up. And if you could stay fundamental to the game and flip him at that point, you can't go broke. That is my sentiment with second round quarterbacks, which is why I would gladly take Bo Nix, which is why I gladly take Michael Penix if they go in the second round of rookie drafts. Again, Geno Smith, Jimmy G, Derek Carr, Drew Locke, Jalen Hurts, Will Levis, not all great quarterbacks, but all huge value bumps at some point because dynasty players play as if every time a player gets on the field that their ceiling is going to be hit and you could usually sell at that point so second round quarterbacks typically a better investment than not a good investment and there's also probably a lot of y'all out there that just think michael Penix is a very good quarterback which i would not blame you for because great fucking year obviously great uh receiving talent around him between rome and and jalen polk and they got another receiver in this class as well that's going to get drafted but like he 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 had a lot of big games he played really really well this year so Michael Penix could just be good as well so second round draft capital very very happy to grab him there at the 203 I have Troy Franklin he goes to Baltimore with the 62nd overall pick this is the speedster smooth dude out of Oregon uh, a lot of people love Troy Franklin I am not as high on him I'm not necessarily low on him like I don't dislike his tape or anything like that um, I think he is 
long. I think he is lean. I think he is really fast. I think he is really smooth for how long and lean he is. Going to Baltimore, though, like, I get it. We could have all the discourse about Lamar Jackson, MVP again for the second time. But, like, it's just the, the, the passing stats are not going to happen. And that at a high level, especially when you have dudes like Zay Flowers and Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely, uh, you know, coming into the picture. Troy Langan's a playmaker. I think he fits really well into the Baltimore offense. I think he's, like, the perfect complement to what they have going on there. And he could be, like, what everyone wanted Rashad Bateman to be and probably more of a field stretcher in that sense. But I don't love the landing spot. But again, I don't want to like go so far to the right of like, I didn't love Troy Franklin's tape to the point where like, I'm not drafting him at all. So second round cap, Goes to a very good offense. It's going to score a ton of points. I'm not going to overthink this one. Troy Franklin is my 203. Lad McConkey out of Georgia is my 204. He goes to Detroit with the 61st overall pick. So he actually goes a pick before uh, Troy Franklin. And goes to an interesting landing spot because Lad McConkey, most, most people see this like smaller-ish white little receiver. He played like 80% on the outside. I don't think that's where he's, uh, you know, do well in the NFL. I think he struggles with press coverage. I think he gets bitched around on the field pretty often, but he's a great route runner. If he gets any space on the inside, I think this would be, it's an interesting landing spot, obviously, because you have Amon Ross St. Brown running the slot all the time. You have Sam Laporta getting uh, targets over the middle, but this to me would signal like we are building an offense of just like crazy playmakers that can succeed on any part of the field. So it's like the movement of Jameer Gibbs and Amon Ross St. Brown and Lad McConkie. So this is a cool little landing spot. It's going to be tough to hit any sort of real ceiling with all the playmakers they have in that offense. But second round cap, love the route running ability of Lad McConkey. I think he's better than just like a normal little slot receiver. I think he could play inside outside, but he's not a preferred player to like run most of his routes on the outside, in my humble opinion. Next up, we've got the other Texas receiver, Xavier Worthy at the 205. He gets picked 60th overall. So in this draft, we had Xavier Worthy goes 60th overall. We had the next pick, Lad McConkey, to Detroit, and we had Troy Franklin, the next pick to Baltimore. Now, Xavier Worthy goes to the Bills. I will say this. If he doesn't get a great landing spot, he's going to be a dude I'm completely off of. I think his routes are kind of whack. I think he drops a lot of balls. I, I think he didn't really progress from freshman year all the way through now when he's getting drafted. And I think that happens often with players. He's going to run a ridiculous 40 and he's always had that speed. And that makes me a little bit nervous with college players who come in, dominate as a freshman and then never really improve. Because what it says to me a lot of the times is that they're so athletic when they come in, they dominate early on and then they tend to just lean on that pure athleticism and skill rather than like improving as a technician and a route runner, which you need to do to be an NFL wide receiver. So I'm not a fan of Xavier Worthy as a pure prospect. However, going to Buffalo, you don't need to be that great of a player to like fit into the role that they want Gabriel Davis to be. Xavier Worthy is going to blaze and he fits perfectly with Josh Allen. So again, I don't want to like make my player takes everything about this guy and been wrong, but the landing spot is great. Uh, I'm just not going to overthink this one. Next up, we've got our second running back off the board, and that is Blake Corum out of Michigan. I ain't going to lie. His numbers are tragic. Like, they are bad. If you look over here, it is all red across the board. And what we do is basically chart all these numbers, and we put them next to all of the prospects in the class, and then we conditional format that bitch. So you're talking about these numbers. They're red relevant to all the other players in this class. But, I mean, 34th overall, some serious draft capital to the Patriots, I think Ramondre is still very good. I still think they're going to use him to a very high degree. At some point, like that early of second round draft cap has to speak a little bit louder than other things amongst them. So Blake Corum is a dude that I need to watch a little more film of. I know Noah's a really big fan of him. Noah Hills, who did videos on our channel for the last couple of years. Great with running backs. He's a big fan. So that already tells me that I probably need to rewatch or relook at uh, some stuff. I know he was coming off, I believe, an ACL tear, which probably brought his stats down 
in some of the years. But like, but yeah, he, he's a little bit polarizing for me. But if he gets this draft capital, wheels up. And if Jatavian Sanders gets this draft capital, I will be taking him at the 207 because he goes 21st overall to Miami. He is the tight end out of Texas. He has pretty much been the consensus tight end too in this class, way behind Brock Bowers, of course. And I've seen him go anywhere from, you know, the 21st overall pick down to like pick 50, 60, even early third round. So this could be a little bit juicy, but we've also seen guys like him, Brett, again, comped him to Jordan Reed, which is a very high standard for an athletic tight end. But this is around the draft capital that we saw like David Njoku and Evan Ingram and those types of players. And that's definitely not off the table for Jadavian Sanders to kind of develop into, okay? And then you look at the Miami offense and why I really like this fit is because their entire offense has just purely run through getting Jalen Waddell and Tyree Kill like target after target after target after target. They they have done nothing to add a third real weapon in this offense. And you could see like if Tyree Kill goes down, their offense gets a little bit more one-dimensional and vice versa when Jalen Waddell goes down. So it's like they need to add some sort of pass catching weapon. And he is like the opposite of, you know, a big uh, tight end red zone weapon. He's kind of the opposite of Jalen Waddell and Tyree Kill. So love the landing spot. I'm just like not someone who goes crazy about tight ends, but I like like mid-second, late second, I think is kind of a sweet spot for grabbing rookie tight ends. Next up at the 208, we got Johnny Wilson. He is the dude who played opposite of Keon Coleman. He is like six foot seven. He is a fucking wildebeest. He goes to the Colts with the 46th overall pick. I'm not in love with his game. I think he is kind of like a uh, a role player. He could be a really good role player. Uh, I don't. He's never going to overtake Michael Pittman. Uh, Alec Pierce is whatever. He's all right. But Josh Downs, I think, is really, really good. So I think Downs and Pittman will be the target getters there. Do they have room for like a red zone weapon? Yeah, they keep drafting these fucking Mo Alley Cox type dudes that should be good in the uh, red zone. But like their tight ends never really do shit. So maybe Wilson could be there. I'm not in love with Wilson, but again, second round draft cap. This is probably where I start to dive into uh, players that just get that early draft cap, and I'm not overthinking it again. The next three picks, we've got three running backs in a row. We've got Jalen Wright out of Tennessee, who goes 56th overall to Dallas. We've got Braylon Allen, who goes to the Packers, 58th overall out of Wisconsin. And we've got, oh, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know how to say the Notre Dame running backs. Audrey's, Audric Estime. I believe there's an apostrophe at the end. So this is the part of the season where nobody knows how to say anybody's fucking name. All right. So don't yell at me. Don't yap at me. I don't know how to say his goddamn name, but he's here. He's a Notre Dame fucking running back. He went in the third round. The other two went in the second round. He went 71st overall. He went to Arizona. These are all three, in my opinion, some juicy ass landing spots. You go Jalen Wright to Dallas because Tony Pollard was on the franchise tag. Could be out of there, might not be, but either way, he was kind of whacked last year. So they're definitely looking, if they're taking a running back in the second round, they're looking to supplement, if not take over the Tony Pollard role there. When you look at Jalen Wright's just, you know, pure numbers, we're talking about a kid who's 20 years old. He is 5'11", 210, so a really solid build. Dude averaged 7.4 yards per carry, only 136 carries, but really impressive. 4.35 yards after contact per attempt. Good elusiveness rating. His percentage of runs that went for 10 plus yards, 25.7%. That is by far and away number one in the class of the guys that I've graded. His 15 plus yard run rate, really good as well. His pass blocking grade, really good as well. He played 10% of his snaps in the slot. So you're talking about a guy who's relatively versatile. I like this dude. Again, another guy that I probably need to watch a little more tape on. But the landing spot is there. The numbers are there. Jalen Wright, cool player. Braylon Allen was the next pick. He is this, if you don't know who Braylon Allen is, he's just, one, he's 20 years old. So fucking really, really young. He's 6'2", like 235, 240. He is massive. From everything that I've watched, I'm not really a fan of his game. 
I think like that's what he brings to the game. He is a he's a big dude. He is a he's a, like he could be AJ Dillon all over again. And people loved AJ Dillon after his rookie year. AJ Dillon game kind of gave me the same vibe. Where like I didn't really love AJ Dillon coming out of college, but he'll have a role because he's a fucking bruiser and no one wants to try to tackle him. But again, second round cap. Going to a place where like Aaron Jones is probably on his way out sooner rather than later, there's going to be opportunity there for this kid to really cement himself. And being just 20 years old, you got some time. And the third back here, Audric. Did I just add a random E? Is that why I kept pronouncing that weirdly? I think it's Audric. I think there's no E at the end of his first name. Out of Notre Dame. Again, though, uh, another 20-year-old. We have such a young running back class, the guys at the top. He is six foot. 227 pounds. You're talking, that's how it's a big boy who broke a shitload of tackles, a really high yard after contact per attempt, ton of 10 yard runs, ton of 15 yard runs, good pass blocker. Another dude like these running backs, very similar to the wide receivers, man. They got, they got that like bell cow alpha type of build. And he's another one that can handle a lot of work going to Arizona, which you love because James Conner's time's got to come, right? It has to. I feel like I've been saying that for fucking years. Maybe it never will. I don't know, but I feel like they've got some opportunity coming in the Arizona backfield. You talk about Kyler for going off of this draft. Kyler now added Malik Neighbors to the receiver room. This could be a really good offense really quickly. And if there's opportunity, Audric could be a really good player really quickly. Last pick of the second round, we've got my boy, Tez Walker, out of UNC, going to New England, the 68th overall pick in the third round. So the first pick of the third round. Now, you, you know, you say, oh, New England. But remember, Justin Fields was traded to New England in this draft, and that receiver room is fucking disgusting. It is an abomination, and Tez Walker can go in there and earn targets immediately. I don't know why I said immediately, because there's an I in the front of it. Immediately. Tez Walker, UNC receiver, if you're looking him up, his name is Devontez. Devontez, D-E-V-O-N-T-E-Z, Walker. So you won't just see Tez Walker by himself. But Tez Walker, he's a baller. First pick of the third round. Last pick of my second round rookie mock draft. All right? So we're going to cut it there. Remember to subscribe because on Thursday, we will be placing all of the first round rookies into startup drafts, predicting where we think those guys are going to go in startup drafts relevant to all of the veteran players right now. Okay. We've got that data from nearly 400 startup drafts, which is fucking cool as hell. Shout out to Adam for that info. We're going to place them. And then yesterday, if you missed our full breakdown of our first round, you get three different first round mock drafts from yesterday. I did mine. Adam and Andrew also did theirs as well. So they're different angles, different viewpoints, different players being drafted in different spots. If you want to see us just fucking yap about Dynasty all offseason, this is the place to be. Make sure you're subscribed. I love you, and I'm out.